This past Tuesday, I uh, had my meeting for my appraisal with the Archbishop, and I'm still here, so. No, actually, I wanted to thank all those who had anything. Uh, if you received something in the mail and you returned it uh, to the Archbishop, thank you for your very kind comments. Uh, I, I would say, you know, I probably got about an A on it. I, I wouldn't go so far as an A+. Plus. There are some few things that need to be worked on. Uh, but again, thank you very, very much for uh, uh, the kind words. And uh, I probably won't know whether I'm staying or not until uh, February or March, but I, I, I'm about 99.9% .9 sure that I am. So thanks again for, for that. And I hope you didn't have to lie to make that happen. <laughs> You know, like um, characters in a dream, biblical personalities can be understood as, as aspects of ourselves, uh, both as individuals and, and also collectively. And this is uh, perhaps one reason they have taken on such a, an archetypal uh, persona, because they, they illustrate characteristics that are universal, at least in the culture that is shaped by uh, the biblical story. So the question I throw out to you this morning is, you know, who is Zacchaeus in you? Who is Zacchaeus in this community? You, me, us collectively. Without a doubt, it is the part of the self that most needs redeeming and forgiving. You know, that, that lost part of us that the Son of Man has come to save, or at least so the Gospel tells us. Short in stature, Luke describes Zacchaeus. You know, perhaps he's the, the stunted part of ourselves, that which, which is not grown enough. Perhaps there's been a, a nutritional problem of some sort, not enough nurturing. Perhaps there's been a capacity problem, you know, not enough room to, to stretch and grow. Or perhaps there's been an opportunity problem. You know, not sufficient occasion to become all that is possible. And some of these limitations can be changed, but some of them are now fixed in our lives. And the question is, you know, what is one to do about it? Well, Zacchaeus, what does he do? He climbs a tree. He climbs a sycamore tree, a common tree in Palestine used for shade. Now, if you've ever been to Jericho, you know that, that they take really good care of their sycamore trees. Uh, they're very trimmed very beautifully, well-kept, and uh, still to offer shade to those who wish to, to stand or sit underneath of them. Impressed by necessity, Zacchaeus' imagination saw that, that this particular tree was also good for climbing. 
you know, all the, the better for him to, to get himself up into in order to be able to see. And the presumption in climbing a tree for perspective is that one has at least an inkling of what one wants or needs to see. Are there any trees for you to climb? Trees that would perhaps help you to see better, to elevate you to the perspective necessary for seeing Jesus Christ. You know, your tree might be a common thing, but if approached with imagination, well, it could be almost anything. And some obvious things might be, you know, Bible study, or, or even just reading the Bible, taking time to do that. And then, of course, there's a, a deeper sense of prayer that we might enter into, or perhaps taking some time to journal, or going on a retreat, spending, you know, kairos time rather than chronos time, spending time with God rather than the time of the world. Some of us might uh, improve a little bit if we got some spiritual direction. Maybe, you know, that could be the tree that may help the, the small structured part of ourselves to, to better see Jesus. And maybe it's just examining our life a little closer and, and looking at some of the things that maybe we're just too involved in and that keep us from some more important things. And you, most of you are all very, very involved in the lives of your children, and, and you should be. But I'd ask you to maybe take a little bit of time for yourself as well, because that will then enrich the time you have with your kids. You know, maybe we don't pay so much attention to what's going on over in school or on the athletic field, but more importantly to what's happening in our hearts and, and when we can you know, expand those, when we can climb the tree to see Jesus in those areas, uh, things might get better all the way around. You know, Luke tells us that before he goes up in the tree, Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was. But because of the crowd, because of all of the distractions in front of him, he couldn't do it. And, and curiosity may have been the motive for his desire to see Jesus, you know, we're really not told, so we're not certain. But the phrase that Luke gives seems a relevant metaphor. You know, not a one of us, I believe, would be in church on any given Sunday if something in us weren't trying to see who Jesus is. And whatever motive it is that turns our feet towards church, there's much that gets in the way, that's much, there's much that crowds our vision. And perhaps the place to begin reflection on this is the mining of our very own depths. You know, what is it that what is it that crowds out my ability to see who Jesus is in my life? This encounter between Zacchaeus and, and Jesus is, 
is truly one, it really is one of the funniest stories in the gospel. And one can easily imagine Jesus laughing uproariously when he, when he catches sight of a, of a treed tax collector. And tax collectors were amongst the most hated of the people of their day. And we hear that Zacchaeus is, he's, he's a, a lead tax collector. You know, he, he gets his, uh, his income from not only his direct taxation of the people, but he gets a piece of every other tax collector's collection. And so people hate him like you cannot imagine. But listen to what he says. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. You know, the urgency of the kingdom is in these words without a doubt. And Zacchaeus is being invited to participate in that kingdom. So let's return then to Jesus' demand of Zacchaeus. First, Jesus says to him that you have to get out of the tree and you have to do it in a hurry. You know, the sycamore tree that lends perspective here is a, a temporary assist. You know, it's not where we live. It's not where we stay. And when Jesus orders Zacchaeus out of the tree in such a hurry, it is for the expressed purpose of staying at the tax collector's house. And the crowd, they get quite upset with this. They grumble about the company that Jesus is keeping. The house of Zacchaeus is not unlike the shadowed corners of our souls. And here, Jesus is not asking to come in. What does he say? He says, Zacchaeus, I must stay at your house today. Indeed, he must. For without his coming into the place that we call home, his presence does not remain with us. And Jesus must remain with us always. Not just today, not just tomorrow, not just the next day, but, but always. And this remaining is the, the reality of the kingdom's presence among us. The Zacchaeus who comes down from that tree is vastly different from the despised tax collector who climbed up, climbed up into it. You know, in his offer of restitution, we find the fruits of his transformation. It's the abundance of the kingdom's grace that, that frees him to quadruple the amount that he knows he must pay back to those from whom he has robbed. It's like forgiving 70 times 7. And the model for this is in God's own wild generosity. The excesses of the father in the parable of the lost son. The rejoicing of the widow who has recovered her coin. 
You know, if one such as Zacchaeus can, can receive salvation and acceptance and, and healing and restoration and forgiveness, that each in every one of us in any age can imagine such a possibility for ourselves as well. You know, once Jesus has gotten Zacchaeus out of your tree and mine, well, then we might be able to find ourselves a little more generous with the love that God wants us to share as well. Will we allow the Son of Man to come to our lostness and remain?